Hello, heroes, and welcome to episode seven of the Everyday Superhero Cast. First one of 2022. I know what time, time, day, and year it is right now at this very moment. Don't ask me tomorrow. Today, uh, I get to talk to Souls Rolls, who I met through the weird soup that is Twitter, but it has been a lovely time getting to know him. And we had a long conversation about everything we seem to both enjoy. Hopefully it wasn't just for us. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. Um, but before we can get to that, um, we have a brand new segment that I'm calling Life is Like RPG of Chocolates. Hit the music, Johnny. Or you. You can hit the music. You went down? Okay. I don't have a theme song yet. Remind me to fix it in post. For our first rendition of Life is Like an RPG of Chocolates, I think we just need to be reminded that we're the main character. We are the big box office draw. We are the heroes of this journey. Before you argue, every good villain is the hero of their own story. So yes, villains, you are included in that concept. There is a quest to be accepted and completed and more often than not failed and loot to be gathered and stored in tiny chests or giant bins and uh, wonderful little trinkets and items and new clothing together and all of it uh, is filled with uh, laughter and tragedy and horrors beyond our wildest imagination. There's even skill trees that uh, improve with the experience of adventuring. But, but... Even though you have control over uh, the story arcs you choose to take and the story arcs you don't take, even though you have the complete uh, power of generating story arcs out of thin air, which sounds like a whole lot of stress, so feel free to ignore that one if you don't want to, even though you have those powers most of the time, you're not going to have the energy or the desire to chase down entire story arcs worth of content. Most of the time, you're not going to have the patience to sit through the rest of the NPC's dialogue without wanting to punch someone in the face. Most of the time, you're going to just end up running around the town trying to pickpocket all the guards or starting fights in taverns or shanking as many townspeople as you can before anyone notices. And you may feel like doing things that is detracting from the experience of the game you're playing because it's not contributing to the story. You may feel like uh, guilty for putting off clearing out the cave of giant spiders or decluttering the forest of ghouls. But at the end of the day, uh, everything you put time into builds experience points and adds to that skill tree. It's in the game you're supposed to play. It's supposed to be fun at least some of the time. Take advantage of it. Hey, real quick, two things before we get to today's guest. One, if you're enjoying this episode or enjoy the podcast as a whole or really have been entertained and or inspired by any kind that you've come across of mine, uh, please donate uh, to Buy Me a Cup of Coffee. You can do that one of two ways. One, you can go to buymakeupacoffee.com slash everyday superhero uh, cast or you can go to everydaysuperhero.com and click on one of the banners that says Buy Me a Cup of Coffee. It's a one-time thing. You don't need to be enrolled in any subscription program. Just if you, hey, this hits you in the right spot, click it. You get to support the podcast and or me. 
Love it. Thank you so much. Number two, we've overhauled the home fitness program and shoved Mission Quest into it. For those who do not know, which to most of you, probably all of you, Mission Quest is an RPG-infused fitness class that is now done remotely online throughout the month. You build your character. At the end of the month, we celebrate celebrate by uh, having me DM a one-shot based on the characters you've built through the work you do in your workouts. If you want to check that out, go to everydaysupertraining.com for more information or just reach out if you're curious on figuring out what it is or how it works. Uh, it is 30... This is 30. It is free to try for 38... 30, motherfucker! It is free to try for 30 days, and after that, it's only $10 a month. So, that's awesome. And now, for the main event, uh, my guest today is Souls Rolls, as he's known throughout the internet. A... Would you pay attention? A... TTRPG uh, content creator and health, health and wellness coach. Um, we've bonded through the realms of the weirdness of the internet and had just a lovely chat that I feel was a long time coming. And I hope you get some enjoyment out of it and it wasn't just stuff that only we understand. Hey everyone, I'm Soul. I go by Soul's Rolls Online. I am a health and wellness coach, a tabletop role-playing game content creator. And I do a lot on Twitter, Twitch, and a couple of other social media platforms. I've had the wonderful pleasure of encountering our host for the podcast through Twitter. Uh, we actually lived pretty close to each other. Unfortunately, they moved away before we could go grab a couple burgers. Yeah, well, but we've had some really great. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's always next time, right? There's yeah. always next time. But uh, we had some really great interactions, and they have strong armed me into this show. Oh, so yeah. here I am. It was so hard. And uh, oh yeah, it was so difficult. It was really <laughs> a matter of scheduling. Uh, I stay busy, he stays busy. It's just that's just kind of the way it goes. There's and I'm really happy to be here finally. Okay. Hmm? There's a reason I only do this once a month. Ooh, yeah. There are some things I've cut down to once a month myself. It's it's you gotta do it. Yeah. Awesome. I keep interrupting your introduction. I love it. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine, no problems. We're just both excited to be here. Yeah. 100%. I can pretty much agree with everything you have said. That is that has <laughs> been my experience. Um, I, I don't know which thread on which part of the Twitter internet we bumped into each other on. Um, I'm also uh, uh, super happy because um, it was, I don't know if it was you specifically, but I felt there was a few people early on because I'm, I've had Twitter for a long time, but only recently started using it. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it very early on felt like I was able to establish an extension of why or how I help people, which changed right. the manner in which I interact with people. Like it, yeah, sure. it was my, um, I, I rarely do like strict follow for follows or like, or, yeah, no. or like, um, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's such a trap or I, and I really follow people that I don't, genuinely think can provide a back and forth because i want yeah i want human moments that's what i'm looking for um and it was there was a collection early on that I, that kind of reinforced that and you were definitely one of them and i don't remember which thread i found you on i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh but it it taught me that there the, to that i can cultivate a positive space um well i mean i do that in re the real world but the right. internet is such a cesspool, and t Twitter is full of loudmouths. So it's it was nice to find uh, 
a mode of operation that allowed me to not have to deal with that. Well, if I can jump in here real quick, authenticity is always one of the things I've really aimed for Mm. in all of my interactions. Being online, there is pageantry. There is definitely a a pretension, not Mm. pretentiousness, but a pretension towards certain behaviors. Yeah. Uh, being autistic, I don't really jive with a lot of that. I tend to just drive right to the point. And having that honest interaction is something that I've always enjoyed. I don't like hierarchies. I don't like stratification. Mm-hmm. And the way that I interact with people online, especially through Twitter, is on a one-to-one basis. If someone comes in my thread, I don't care who you follow. I don't care how many followers you've got. What's your message? Yeah. Who are you as a person in this moment? Yep. Let's have this and conversation. And I meet you there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like but I meet the person it there. Takes, it, there's pauses in between. It's like maybe not right by your phone or whatever, but I feel I like the idea of like, uh, even though this is a giant uh-huh. swimming pool of people be interacting with stuff, <laughs> but if there's an interaction that goes back and forth, we you have 100% <laughs> of my devoted attention at that very time. And it should feel like we're having a very pause-filled conversation in a coffee shop. Like that is kind of... right the what i'm going for yeah it should always feel human it should always feel natural it shouldn't feel forced or manipulative there shouldn't be an end goal other than just discover this other person that i've happened to run into right and you don't find that a lot online especially not in rapid moving situations like twitter Mm -hmm. and i find that in my scenario as a public health educator as a wellness coach and as someone in the ttrpg community people don't they don't know how to deal with that in a good way yeah they they get caught off guard and they open up a little bit more than they were expecting to and then you can make positive changes then you can have real conversations that change the the entire community and that's what i really like yeah i really enjoyed when we were first interacting your positivity Mm -hmm. it's consistent but it isn't overbearing it is not toxic positivity, which is a problem in. I hope it's not. It's genuine. Ooh, it is. A, there is a there is a toxic positivity problem in the tabletop role playing game oh, community, and there's and, something and, and that I coaching need. and in mental health, like a hundred percent. Um, and yeah. I can't. I I have. There's no way for you to because you can't read my facial interactions. You have no no idea mm-hmm. if I'm being over the top or like being, uh, forcing something. But I also like, right. I should just say this out <laughs> in the podcast. My <laughs> my. Um, it's easy for me to be positive, but I've put a lot of work into maintaining a positive frame of mind. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. on the back burner that I do to put myself in a situation to be positive when I interact with people. And if I'm not in that state, I don't interact with people. Yeah. Putting one of the biggest moments in my thirties, well, late twenties, early thirties was really finding the discipline to back away from social media when I was not in a good headspace, because it doesn't help anyone. Yeah. It doesn't help the people I'm talking to. It doesn't help me. And finding that discipline was really, really difficult, but it yep. really helped. I have had some really low points in my life. I've been homeless twice. Uh, I come from an abusive relationship. Uh, it's been rough. Sometimes that drags me down. Mm-hmm. And when those moments come, you know, there are people that I do reach out to because we always need that support network. But for the most part, the phone goes away. Yep. The computer gets shut off. Mm-hmm. I don't go out to drink. No, yep. we just we just focus on getting back to to firm see. ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people don't have the 
I don't want to say experience or training, but they don't, they've never had those tools modeled for them where they can take that gracious retreat from social media. Yep. And or still, whatever their trouble vice yeah, is. <laughs> and still reach out to people and get community support. Yep. And I think there's a lot of conflation between those two. We yep. look at social media as the way that we get validation. And it's designed to make us think that. But it's not real validation. Mm-mm. It's nope. a Skinner box. It's I, just it's yeah, hitting it's those totally dopamine weird. buttons. I I I was <clears throat> appalled to the wrong word. I found it interesting over the last three years. Um, mm-hmm. and I say three years because I distinctly remember before the world exploded. Oh. The bulk of the people I was around outside of my immediate circle uh, mm-hmm. were already saying that 2019 had been the worst year of their life for whatever oh. reason. Bet. <laughs> Uh, and maybe, and I'm not saying it wasn't, but mm-hmm. like, if you go into to, uh, end of, ending 2019 going, man, that year sucked, and then the world explodes, like, there was a lot of, um, over the last three years, I've seen a lot of, um, how come no one reaches out to me? How come I always have to reach out to other people? And it's, yeah. it's gotten stronger and stronger, and I'm... <clears throat> Internally, I think I definitely went through some of that in that I am a in that I'm a coach and a so, so um, my job and my goal is to be a force of positive reinforcement. Uh, it right. means that I initiate um, for that cause. Uh, but on the flip side, there's ever so often in my dark moments, there's the uh, but who like who coaches the coach? Right. Or yeah. The, or what's the phrase like who who polices the policeman? Right, like who watches the watchers? Yeah, who heals exactly. the healers? Like I'm, if <clears throat> who checks on me if I'm checking on everyone else? And right. then in the dark moments, there's definitely like a if I don't reach out to anyone, mm-hmm. I doubt anyone reaches reaches back. Ooh, I don't know. Like I can I can really feel that emotionally, mm-hmm. but I think one of the things that we do as coaches, and you and I are both not just personal trainers. We're we're well, one of those coaches. Coaches, yes. yeah. There's a bigger thing, and what we do is not just those individual moments mm-hmm. with clients. Yeah, It's the entire presentation, and it's the change that we want to make in the community. And a lot of that's modeling behavior. Yes. Um, you know, my background is public health education. I One of the big things we do is we identify leaders, not authority positions, but leaders, mm-hmm. and we figure out where we can get our programs to align with the community. And what you end up doing is you, you start adopting these behaviors and reciprocally, the community starts adopting your behaviors. Yes. So when you start modeling, reaching out to people that are vulnerable, you start showing that this is a behavior that is positive in yes. the community. And then community members start doing that same behavior. I think one of the things we need to do as coaches is when we have those low moments is to be authentically vulnerable. I agree. And it is. It's really hard to do without losing because, status. Um, not even from a protecting the brain standpoint, but from a, um, uh, like if I'm, the idea that if I'm supposed to be your rock <laughs> and your rock is gone, that that could cause you to tailspin. Like that. That right. <laughs> the responsibility there is really tricky. Yeah. I think that's why we need to broaden that support. Where if we're having a bad day, we don't rely on a person. We rely on the community. Absolutely. We spread that load out. Yeah. 
And the, we also model that behavior because what we want to do is we want the community to take care of itself. We don't want these located points of, of failure, which is what we kind of are as wellness coaches. If one of us falters and we don't have the community built up to where it needs to be, the community takes damage. And that's not a right. Thing. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. This is going to be a really interesting conversation because you have that same viewpoint. I like do. You started off. I'm, I'm loving it. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but, that's that all started because you said you enjoyed my positivity, which was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. But also was said in the past tense. Like, have I not been positive lately? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> no. It's I've been extremely busy with a lot of different things that have kind of taken me away from the conversations you and I have had. Uh, I've been in. I've been moving more in social media managing. I've been moving more in tabletop role-playing game production. And I haven't really had a chance. I've actually had to scale back my health and wellness blog. Mm. I've had to scale back um, a little bit of my coaching has had to scale back. I took on 12 clients for social media managing. Mm-hmm. And that's time that I can't spend. Because with, my, with my coaching, I have, well, with my coaching, I have billable hours, but I also donate hours to the community where I work with people for free. Yeah. I don't have as much time anymore. And that really, <laughs> really kills me. I mean, you know, when, when you're managing 12 different Twitter accounts, it's, it's a lot of time. Yep. <laughs> and that's, that's time that comes out of other things. Um, yep. But I haven't had the chance to really interact with you recently in, in the depth that we had back in, I guess, July or August. Was that was, when yeah, we that was having... right when I started the podcast. Um, what's your history on the internet? What's your, what's, give, me, give me your hero uh, origin story. Well, I started getting on the internet back when I was 14 or so. So call that. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. I said we could swear, not, okay, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm, I've been a digital native for a long time. I'm 38. I started on the internet in my early teens. I played a lot of online video games at that point. I was competitive on tribes, uh, which remember nobody game. remembered. What? I remember that game. Uh, do you know Steel City Snipers? I know the name. I've not played that one. Steel City Snipers was a tribes clan that was very competitive back in the day. Uh, the only thing that stopped them from putting me in their competitions was actually my internet connection because I was on dial-up. Ooh, yeah. And they were all on cable. But I wrote the book on tribes defense. It's still kicking around out there if you ever want to look it up. Okay. I won't give you the name because that gives away way too much. Um, but there's a there's a five page document on exactly how tribes towers interact with each other. I wrote it. Nice, I love it. Um, but I've been on the internet for a very very long time, twenty odd years. Uh, as far as Twitter is concerned, I only really started recently. Mm-hmm. I don't like social media. Honestly, I don't think it's really great for us in the long term. But the problem is, you know, it's useful. It makes money, and individuals like you and I. We have to make interventions where interventions need to be made. If that means going into a community where uh, crime is higher as a public health educator, well, that's just one of those things you have to do. Mm -hmm. If it involves going into a community like social media where there are other hazards, Mm -hmm. then you do it. You just have to approach it conservatively. Uh, I burned out of my job as a public health educator doing telephone-based health coaching. Yes, that's where we started um, before, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I burned out of that in May. Mm-hmm. I took a month off, and I jumped online to try and find something to do. I've always been a gamer. I've been playing D&D for 30-plus years now. I started when I was eight. 
And I love it. I love building for the community. I love creating those worlds. And my partner was like, why, why don't you try and write some stuff professionally? She had just finished her first novel and she nice. wanted me to kind of branch out. So I logged on early part, late part of May and I encountered Spencer Campbell, uh, Gila RPGs, who does the Lumen stuff, which is uh, just shy of an Eni. He just got cropped out by Cortex. Um, he was doing a, a Lumen jam. You create a game within his game system and go from there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm coming late to this. It's normally 30 days. There's like two weeks left. But if I had time and I did a pitch and Spencer came back, I did not expect Spencer to, to comment on this because I had like 150 followers. That was nobody. He's like, wow, dude, that Ouch, sounds really that's cool. That's where I'm at. Do Don't that. say that. <laughs> 150 followers on Twitter? You got more than that. No. Well, I don't think I have 200 yet. You don't? That's shocking. We'll change that. We'll change okay. that later. <laughs> um, but no, uh, he commented on it. He's like, this is a really cool concept. You should do it anyways. I'm like, there's like 10 days. He's like, you got this. You got this. So I learned the Lumen system and created an entire game in 10 days. Oh, fun. And so I was the goal it. to create it in 10 days or like you just put no, it's, burn, it's burn, normally a, th it's a 30 and it happened to be 10 days. It's a 30 day game jam. Okay. 30 days is what you normally have. I came in with the flu with 10 days to go. Oh, Most yeah. of my writing was done on NyQuil. And it did well. It sold. Oh, um, nice. it, got a lot of, it got a lot of popularity. I've had, uh, I think, close to 1,000 downloads on it. So it's, it's good. And when that happened, I realized, well, maybe there's something here, but I don't want to give up what... You know, I love TTRPGs. I think they're great. Yes. But my passion is changing the world. My passion is helping people. Yes. And if I can get into the community, the TTRPG community, and help people, ah, uh, man, that's not beatable. You cannot pry me away from that. So that's what I've been doing. I love that. I love that a lot. So I grew from 130, 150 followers or whatever it was in June, and I'm at almost 2,100 right now. I have 100 followers on Twitch for a stream that hasn't even launched yet. Nice. And I have a Kofi pulling decent numbers. I've got a game. I release a game about every two or three months, and I make all right. This is my full-time living. I watch some dogs on the side, mostly just so that I've got some activity, and also because the place I'm staying doesn't allow me to have dogs. <laughs> and loner dogs are great, but... Yeah, for the most part, I am one of those rare beasts. I am actually a successful TTRPG content creator and a freelance health coach on the side. That it's is awesome. been wild. Cool. Uh, that is an amazing origin story. I love every second of that. That's wonderful. Hey. Can you can you teach me the part where you make money? Like not I'm gonna sound greedy. I love um so I don't view Twitter as a way to make money. I view it as a way to help people. It is so Right. So so like my i view everything i do um mm -hmm. as the same purpose and that is uh to help people enjoy life as much as possible uh, yeah and what changes between like an interaction on twitter and a one mm -hmm. uh, exclusive one-on-one -on -one client is the amount of detailed information i can share to you because i know you more intimately uh and the amount of time you get uh, as a premium on on 
borrowing me. Right. Um, but the interaction and the purpose stays exactly the same, regardless of if it's a random person on the street or someone uh, that I'm interacting with on Twitter. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm, this has always been my weakest thing. Uh, I don't know how uh, on the other side of things, um, I am. I make money in a way it doesn't make me look greedy <laughs> and that's so, yeah i do coaching yes. and i do coaching not just on health and wellness as far as most people think about like mental or emotional or physical or weight loss uh you know my coaching extends to financial long-term planning end-of-life planning retirement etc this is something i've done for years mm -hmm. so i was really prepared to jump jump into this space and realize Here's what I provide. We want to change the world. Like that's, that's really it. We want to change the world. We're not happy with where it's at and it needs to change. Other people believe in our mission. Other people believe in our mission and want to participate in it either as being changed or being people that do the change. Yeah. When it comes to monetizing, uh, one of the biggest things that I tell people that look for me for advice is never stand in the way of someone that wants to contribute to your vision. A lot of times we're really shy about that. Um, I work with a lot of TTRPG creators. They're like, should I create a Patreon? Should I create a Kofi? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you should. You should yep. do it right now. Yeah. Well, I don't really feel like I'm big enough. Is that the, it's always what people say. I don't feel like I'm big enough. I yeah. don't think that anyone's going to give me money. Well, you don't know that. Yeah. And if there's no way for someone to support you, no one can support you. Right. But when you're passionate and when you're making changes, even if you aren't making money, people notice that. Yes, 100%. And, and they want to support the mission because there are plenty of people that have money but don't have the skills, or the drive, or the inclination to make the changes in the world. Yep. They want to see the world change. They don't know how. Mm -hmm. They got 100 bucks to throw at someone that does. Mm-hmm. So you have to put yourself in a position where you are the person receiving that money so that you can make those changes. Yeah. And that sounds, that sounds kind of gross. <laughs> you know, it's, it's receive that money, put yourself in a position to receive the funds, but it really is looking at it as you and I have skills. We have very obvious skills that change the world, that change individuals, that change communities. One, yep. One, one soul at a time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are the ones that make the difference. Yep. The people that seek you out are the ones that need the help the most. And if you change them, they change the world. Yes. Like I, I, don't um, I right now I, um, I drive uh, shipped to make, uh, to cover ends. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I have online clients and the Mission Quest, which is launching now. Um, right. Uh, but the the clients uh, pay for me <clears throat> to exist technically as a business, but not for my existence, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I still, I'm still, ex uh, when we moved, um, mm -hmm. I made a, point of trying to put off getting a regular job as long as possible um because Same. i want i wanted the the time available um i've been i've been felt i felt really good about finding shipped actually that is like i found out that i can make my ends meet uh on three days a week right yeah so 
the unconventional answers really are where we start falling in. We are not doing conventional jobs. Nope. We have no conventional visions or, or missions that yep. other companies align with. So why would we ever expect our monetary compensation to come from conventional means? Hundred percent. Yeah. We we recently, my wife and I recently started investing. That has gone really well. <laughs> hey. All right. So for me, making money off of this, it's not a lot. Yeah. Like I can throw you a number, but it's not going to help anyone for me to do that because where I live versus where they live, it's going to be it's going to be nonsense. Not, yeah. I totally understand. That said, what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm considered kind of a success because I can pay the bills with what I'm doing. Right. It's not a lot. It's not glamorous. But, that, but the main that's thing not is, the point. <laughs> no, it's not the point. The main thing is not necessarily asking for more money. It's eliminating the barriers for the people that believe in your mission. And that's something that a lot of people are really really hesitant to because it looks a lot like marketing. I have a Kofi. I have games that I sell. I have games that are pay what you want. You don't have to pay me anything. If you want to put money in it, awesome. Yep. Those are some of my best those are some of my best best money makers. What I'm doing with other stuff, where I do social media consultation, where I do coaching, where I do freelancing, writing, etc. You've got eight or eight or ten different ways that I am bringing in revenue. And it's all about improving people's lives. You need this thing. I can do this thing. Let's make this work. Yep. A lot of people are hesitant to to do that. They're hesitant to branch out and diversify. And they're really hesitant, like I said, to eliminate the barriers for people supporting the mission. It requires a lot of really honest, yeah. really yeah. open, vulnerable communication. Here's what I want to accomplish with my life. Here is what every moment of my life is driven towards, making this world better. Here's how you can help. Yep. Do this. Yeah. People don't want to do that. No, that's, no, no, no. That's really I, what I it mean, is. I mean, it's it's um, it's everyone. Everyone <clears throat> has their own version of the comfort zone. They have the struggle <clears throat> the most with uh, escaping. Um, right. Like, so, like, I I know that I take for granted that I enjoy the <laughs> space of a gym. Like that is right. Um, not uh, I. Uh, I enjoy um, the sensation of, of lifting weights. I enjoy the uh, the uh, meditative state that being in con con control of my body makes me feel. These are yeah. things that are um, my personal joy that outside of like the health and reasoning for why I would do it, I also tend to do. Uh, but um, up until... Um, uh, last year I didn't know how to um, mentally wrap my head around putting money away like hmm. the well, the idea of how do I how do I save money if I uh, if all, all my money has to go to this and I'm paying off debt right uh, was like that was for the longest time my version of like well I can't <clears> go to the gym I'm not in shape yet like that was, <laughs> we all, we all have our own barriers yeah. that we battle. And the, and, and those are the moments when I'm like, I'm pretty sure you've taught someone how to do this on the bench press, but this is like your version of it. And then yeah. I get mad at myself yeah. and then, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we all have those. I think the biggest barrier 
outside of society is oh, our own hangups. What? I think the biggest barrier outside of society is our own hangups, which are informed by society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, one of the biggest things that gets in the way of people's success is himself. Whether they're afraid of success, whether they're afraid of failure, whether they're afraid of uncertainty. That's a big one. Oh, so many people are afraid of uncertainty. I yeah. am not. I went to, I remember when the uh the when the originally lockdown hit and everyone yeah. was, uh, everyone was freaking out because like they didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. And I was like I I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow my entire life. Like this is right. <laughs> My thing is like I'm not afraid of it. I've just lived in that terror for so long. Yep. It's like this is this is the way it is. It's that's, fine. It's not anxiety anymore. It's yeah, no, it's just state of being. <laughs> oh, that's not healthy though. <laughs> like for the for the, the listeners, that is not a healthy state. Please get out of it as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do as do as I say, not as I do. Right. We all we all have things we need to work on. <laughs> yeah, we all do. But as far as being a success. Just eliminate the barriers for people supporting your mission and mm -hmm. your vision. That's the biggest thing I can say. Yeah. Outside of that, you know, success isn't always monetary. That, it's that's really... the thing that I 100% buy into. Like I, uh, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know how to not try helping people. Before I was right. educated in it, it was something that I gravitated towards. Like I don't, I don't know how to not do it. So like, yeah. if, I, if I were to limit myself in doing it only because I'm getting paid, it would be a disservice to my, well, my own well-being. Like it would not make sense. Yeah, you you wouldn't have spiritual health and well-being no, at yes. that point. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be up. It'd be trash. And and then even if I was getting paid for it, I would be a giant fraud because I wouldn't be uh, practicing what I'm trying to teach others. Yeah, authenticity. Yep, big thing. All of that. Awesome. What uh? So uh, what is uh? How is phone-based coaching? How's that as a thing? <laughs> Terrible. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name that organizations. That's totally fine. I don't mean to throw mud at anyone. <clears throat> no, no, no. Uh, I can, but I'm not going to just because propriety's sake. Yep. Uh, I worked for a company very large, um, Fortune 300, I want to say. Yeah. They did telephone-based health coaching for a number of different clients. Uh, Lockheed Martin was one of them. State of Georgia was one of them. Just you name it. Mm -hmm. And we sat in an office and we got calls from individuals or rather we called individuals and there was a lot wrong with the way that this industry was run i'm gonna rant here just as a heads up if you need me to stop just say no Morgan. no no no. um i may interrupt your rant with sure. jokes and or tangents of my own in which case That's i may never great. return to the rant but go for it step on the gas so uh originally the company was really good this was before i came in they were very uh, Health-wise, they were very public health-oriented. They had a lot of investment in their clientele and also in their coaches. Uh, another company came in and took over. I was hired uh, shortly thereafter. And the coaching was a lot more formulaic. It was a lot more results-based in a corporate sense rather than results-based in a public health sense, if that makes Got sense. It. Yeah, yeah. RO ROI versus ROV. I understand. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to finish a call in 13 minutes with any particular person I was speaking with. This would handle a call about weight loss. This would handle a call about uh, content warning. Do we have content warnings? I don't know. What's that? Okay. I'm going to say uh, no, but explain it to me. 
content warnings, we're going to be discussing death, uh, uh, a lot of heavy topics involving weight loss, physical exercise, etc. Anyone that's run to this point, if you're discomforted by conversations about weight loss, if you're discomforted by conversations about uh, child death, please, at this point, take, take a step back. But I would coach oh, individuals. That's what you mean by content warnings. Yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> it's probably a good idea to start. Um, if, uh, if I had a call about someone who lost three of their students mm -hmm. to COVID, yeah. I would also have to complete that call in 13 minutes. Ah. This is not a way to handle individual people. This is a commodification and a metric space that just doesn't work. Um, furthermore, the pay was not that great. The pay was good. It just was not worth that trauma through the pandemic. Um, they were decent about getting us out of the office as far as COVID was concerned. I'll give them credit there. But working with that company and doing telephone-based health coaching, the focus was on did they lose weight? Are their health metrics better in a measurable way? And did you complete the call in time? Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of soft skill stuff. Um, yeah, I had a two-hour conversation with a gentleman who was retired and was trying to determine, should I go back to work because they're offering me X amount of money, but I have a heart condition and this stresses me out. I had a two-hour talk with that guy. Yeah. I got dinged for that. I didn't get quite written up for it, but I definitely had a conversation with my boss about that was a long call. Yeah. Like he needed me to walk him through this. He needed me. He needed someone to talk to about this. Yep. How do you, how do you put those numbers together? It just doesn't work. Calls take what they take. There were also problems with the way that they organize these things. So you're a coach. Imagine for a moment that you have an interaction with me like this. You've spent an hour on the phone with me. We've built great rapport, etc. You schedule me for the next call, right? Yep. Now, at my company that I worked for, we had what was known as a team-based model. And that is with air quotes. <laughs> you already know where this is going, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I have my own version of these stories. <laughs> so the next person that called me wouldn't necessarily be you. It'd be someone else. Yeah. Yep. That does not build rapport. Yep. That does not support coaching. It does not work. Mm -mm. You can get away with, with certain things. Yeah, I was a personal trainer for 10 years. With personal training, you can kind of get away with that. But with no other types, like anything that gets into emotional or social or community-based coaching, the trust and the rapport is so important. Yep. Cycling us through that. I would never talk to the same person twice. Oh, that's rough. I would do, I would do 10 to 12 calls a day throughout the month, and I would never talk to the same person twice. I maybe got a repeat call three times in the entire two years. I that was also there. sounds more exhausting uh, for you from a um, yep. always being on the first date. like Exactly. Yeah. You always have to be on. Yeah. You always have As, to be impressing people. You, can, and you don't pushing. get to be vulnerable. You don't get to swap stories. You don't get to nope. be. Yeah. You don't get to share that moment. And this is the real one that kills. And you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't get to share that moment of success. Yes, that's the best part. <clears throat> right. My, you don't have that uh, moment. I'm where... a big believer, not a big um, fan of progress over um, 
end result. Like the mm -hmm. where you start towards where you're going versus like yeah. world record. Like who cares? I don't I don't care if you're squatting four or five and you were squatting four hundred last week. I care care that like you didn't know how to squat and now your back doesn't hurt. Like those are right. <laughs> those are the big ones. Yep. Or the, the moment the, where uh, the new normals. Yeah. Or the moment where their relationship changes with a health behavior. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where you've said, hey. How do you feel about maybe just setting this small goal to go to the gym? Yep. Don't even get out of the car. Just hang out in the parking lot. Tell me how it feels. Come back to me in a month. Yep. And then the the feeling that you get when someone says, hey, I went to the gym and I actually got out of the car and worked out and it felt great. Right. You don't get that. No. That was my job. It was always those first dates. It was oh, never that. Never that, that completion. sucks. I just it's, I love I love bad. the like the delayed like people pe uh when people give me stories of how they don't feel they're making progress and all they're doing is showing <clears throat> me the progress they've made. Right. I love those. I love I have one when they're like uh um I I was uh I I was sore and tired from from like doing all this this yard work and I was like yeah you were able to do the yard work. Like that, like <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or you go back and you check your notes. You like, you remember when we first started talking a month ago, and you you couldn't run, <laughs> and now you're you're frustrated that you can't do hill sprints, right? Or Just, like you couldn't you couldn't do a back squat because because uh, your knee or uh, your knee was uh, oh, de detached, and now you're worried right. about putting more weight on the bar. Like, come on! Now, now you're worried about your PR. Yeah, come on, man! <laughs> Give yourself credit. High five yourself. Go have some exactly. ice cream. Those are those are the moments that I that I God, love. you live for those because it's that's when they've bought in and they don't they come to you but they don't need you anymore like they they've they've graduated. Yeah, one of the biggest things for me as a coach is I want you to tell me I love the relationship we have I love these conversations, but I don't know that I need your advice anymore. I want you to get beyond me. Yeah, I want you I, to have I, that I want, independence. Yeah, I agree. I. Uh, I want you to, if you want to choose to continue to have that rapport, yeah, absolutely. do it for the rest of your life. But I want, I want to be like, be able to go on vacation for a month and, right. and you, and you not spiral. That's <laughs> yeah. then, you know, you've made a change in that person. 100%. Those things, you know, those things, when it comes to the coaching program that I was with, they were robbed. Yeah. hundred percent. And we were burning out. We were burning out so bad. Um, turnover was really bad in my coaching class. I came in with 24 people. Mm -hmm. uh, we made it through the six weeks with 16. Mm. Uh, the month after I got out of training was actually on the phones. We dropped down to eight. And at six months, I was the only one out of my training class. That's it. Turnover like that is rough. Yeah. But the thing is, there wasn't a commensurate response from the company of course not yeah. i was still making the same amount of money yeah <laughs> it didn't matter that i it didn't matter that i made it the six months or the year or the 18 months yep. or two years it's just okay you just you're having more cog in a, in, a, in a hole yeah. yeah so i was having panic attacks when when i was on the phone like the phone would ring and i'd have a panic attack because i wouldn't know if i was going to be dealing with someone that was covid denier yeah or someone that had their spouse die because of covid yeah and I wouldn't answer because I was having a panic attack. And they 
they're like, you are, you're doing call avoidance. And I said, I need help. And they said, we can't help you. I'm like, I don't know that this is a job I can keep doing. And they're nope. like, we don't know if we want to keep you. Yep. I'm like, well, that explains a lot. Yeah. So that, that was what it came to. That's why I burned out of it because yeah. there was no, you know, I'd spend four to six hours every two weeks in training to deal with the, the COVID situation, mm-hmm. to deal with teachers dealing with their, their students dying, to deal with retirees dealing with their spouses dying. There was never any training for me on how to deal with that myself. Uh, yeah. You have that call where I call one of my clients and their wife picks up and they say, yeah, George is dead. Uh, he died last week. But also, like, you don't even know who George is. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you would. Talk to them. Sometimes you would. <laughs> there, I'll be honest, there were ways to hack the system that yeah. they didn't want me yeah, to yeah, do, yeah. That, I, that I did, because I'm, mm, I'm not about that life. Um, but just the idea of calling someone, and then you're speaking to their spouse, and their husband is dead, and they need help. Like, that person needs help yeah. that you're talking to. But that's not the account you're on, and you can't change accounts. No, nope. you need to tell them. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and then you hang up, and your phone immediately starts dialing the next person. Yep. You just there was not a system in place for the health coaches. No. What? Um, so what was? Two questions. How long did it take you to realize the um, how how backwards it was? Uh, mm-hmm. And how long from there did it take you to decide uh, enough was enough? I had complaints from the first month about how it was going because it was it was like that where you wouldn't necessarily call the same person. Mm-hmm. But I, I found some workarounds really early on. Uh, if you went through the auto scheduler, it would just appoint them to whoever. There was a manual scheduler, which was a little bit more of a pain in the ass to get through, but it would put them on your call log. The problem is the phone dialer would default. So if you weren't free when you had that scheduled call, it would push it to another coach. Got it. It was about a 30% rate. Mm. If I scheduled it that way, it was about 30% that I would get that call. Now, our pickup percentage was only about 40%. So we'd call someone and they wouldn't pick up Yeah, about half the time. So 15% of the time I got to speak with the same person. So maybe once a day, okay. I would, okay. I'd have a pickup from someone, same, same follow-up. And I worked really hard to do that. And I got a up for it. Yep. You were not supposed to use the auto. You were not supposed to use the manual programming to schedule them on yours. You were supposed to use blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> These people were mad that they're not talking to the same person. I'm not going to do that to them. You can write me up. That's fine. Um, afterwards, like, how long did it take me to say enough is enough? I or mean, I probably not how long. What was? I mean, I guess you said you were having panic attacks, but like, I guess not. Not what was the moment that made you decide enough was enough? What kept you from realizing enough was enough? How about that? Ooh, that's a good question. I right? like that it's one. Because at some point you knew it was enough and it was enough, but you weren't quitting. 
Like there's, what was the switch in your, in your mind? Probably after the first year. Okay. Um, going through the holidays mm. of 2020. Yeah. And having people pick up the phone that can't see their family, that haven't talked to their coach in a month, that don't have any grounding, don't have any basis, don't have any support, retired teachers or teachers on break, mm -hmm. they don't have the ability to do the thing. They're not doing their calling. Yeah. And their calling, if they are in still in teaching, you know, their calling has been screwed with back and forth for the last eight, eight months. Right. And they're wondering, you know, in January, how many of my kids are going to be alive? Yep. That's the moment that I realized that there was more pain out there than there was pain inside. Mm. And it sucked for everyone involved, but I still needed to do my job because I could do my job and I gave a damn. And there were a lot of people that were doing these calls that did not give a damn. Right. I so, would have but, so people. That's what, but that's what kept you, kept you from quitting, right? Yeah. Right. So, so was it, what was then the, because that makes complete sense. I totally understand mm -hmm. that. So what? So what was? At what point did you? Did it switch to being like, I I need to find another way to do this, or? Um... Because of the way that I'm wired, my limits get hit very quickly, and I don't necessarily know them until I hit them. Got it. I I ran into a month where I almost couldn't take calls. Yeah. And I got flagged for call avoidance and I had problems. I'm like, I, I want to help these people, but I can't keep doing it this way. Got it. That was, that was May. That was May of 2021. Yeah, yeah. And then, and they just said, well, if you can't do the job, you're fired. Yeah. And I said, I, I can't do the job the way you want me to. So I guess this is it. And that was it. It was, you know, I'm still a little bit ashamed. I'm going to be honest about that. I really wanted to keep helping people and doing that job. And I don't like having hit a wall like that, but yeah. we're all human. We all have our own limits. Yes. And that was mine. And sure. Could I wish I, I'd kept up with the job? Yeah. It was decent paying and it was helping people, but it was destroying me. <laughs> It was absolutely it was, it destroying, was destroying you to try and help people in a manner you knew you could actually help. Yeah, the the system was not set up to actually build the results they wanted. Mm -hmm. They wanted us to generate positive outcomes for people in 13 minutes without any contiguity. Yeah. Without yeah, without any any transfer of compassion. Yeah. I would have people yell at me because you're not my health coach. I don't want to go over this all over again. It hurt the first time to talk about this. I'm not going to do it with you. Yep. And I, I do not blame them in the least. Those are, those are really rough conversations we have. Oh yeah. To do it with a complete stranger every month. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. I, um, not nearly as intense from an emotional standpoint, but I, I remember, sure. um, that's the vibe I always got working as a personal trainer in a big box gym. 
Yeah. I... Like not not being in charge of uh the sale always bugged me. Um yep. because not even though I was really bad at it. We've talked about that. I was really bad at it. But <laughs> we're both bad at sales, it's fine. But um I was also a rookie, so that's part of it. But um yeah. the the person prom- making promises isn't the person giving you Fulfilling the them. process. Uh and then while technically it is a hundred percent possible to uh if you're seeing a trainer a couple of times a week, uh mm-hmm. get your workout in in the twenty five to thirty minutes that they're allowing you to book your sessions in. Ooh. Technically. No. Technically. Ah. If all you give give a crap about is um uh, a little bit of uh, burn and feeling like they worked hard, like that is right. Like if uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, that kills me because I did personal training and I always scheduled forty five minutes with a fifteen minute debrief after. Yeah, the no, I, um, oh, thirty minutes. Hell like no. The, the way the way I remember it, it being described was um, the workout with you is thirty minutes, but they they get they're supposed to you schedule them or write them like a warm up and a cool down, where you can like walk. Yeah, away fifteen minute warm up cool down. But like yeah. the, I didn't, and because I was the rookie, I didn't, I didn't know anything. So everything they <laughs> told me to do was like, okay. I mean, technically if we do this workout for 30 minutes and then we do this a couple of times a week and they do their homework, they will read the results. Oh, oh lifestyle changes don't happen that way. No, oh, man. no, they don't. Uh, but the minute I started making connections with them, that was when I realized that 30 minutes wasn't enough. Not because you need to no. work out for a set amount of time. But like you're not any any trainer that wants to create a reliable change needs needs to be able to, to think past how much they're lifting or like oh yeah or how what's how, your RPE how, how no many one cares this week. <laughs> <laughs> right you need you need the banter you need the connection you need them to you want need to the, push you need to trust because they don't they're, they they don't trust themselves <clears throat> they don't they need no. they need a way to find that trust. Yeah, you need them to put that trust briefly with you, yep. and then you need to engender it, and then you need to transfer it back to them. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in 30 minutes. No. I really burned out a big box personal training because I was being pushed. I won't I won't name companies, but I know you're going to know. I was being pushed to sell uh, supplements and products yep. and yep. yep things that they did not need. What are the three best supplements you can have? Good rest. Good hydration, good food. Yep. Past that, I mean, we can talk about other stuff, but it's those are the big three. Yeah. I'm I, not going to sell you like fucking I, thermo I burn bullshit. The people, the trainers in the in the gym that were walking around complaining about stomach issues and being like, "I've only had, I've eaten protein shakes today. I should be fine." That's no. not food. <laughs> do you know what those sugar alcohols are going to do to you, dude? Yeah. You're going to be. No, you're like, tore up that's like why come on it's it's a, it's supposed to be an uh in case of emergency or a transition point it's not yeah no yeah. i know i will say i i do supplement uh like i i use right now i've been using collagen protein we i actually on twitter talk, like I'm, i realized yeah. the other day based on my body was feeling i don't have enough protein in my diet but i'm already eating a lot of protein where do i sneak it in oh this is this is one way yeah. Uh, what, what type of protein do I need? Oh, my joints are sore. Hey, collagen can help with that. I'm, yep. I'm going to do that. Uh, yep. But at the same time, 
it, it's a you don't you, you're not out there trying to give that to a 40 year old woman because she's just started working out and trying to lose weight no like let's you have to have Bad all stuff the bullets in the line first and then and then you fill in the gaps that are missing like i uh i supplement with uh green drinks like mm -hmm. uh yeah. and and um my i think i i don't know if you saw my post of the uh the um uh, my protein Bloody Mary. No, I didn't it's see that. Un That's... It's unflavored, two scoops, unflavored collagen, uh, okay. low sodium V8, and black black pepper, and uh, jalapeno powder. And it blends. It doesn't have the kick of the vodka from a from a oh. uh, right. Bloody Mary, but it's a protein rich, nutrient dense uh, brunch drink that has yeah. It one of the reasons why you add celery to a Bloody Mary is, especially if you're blending it, is for thickness. So with the collagen protein, you don't need that. That's neat. Yep. That's neat. I like and that. And collagen um, dissolves easily. Yeah. Like over Surprisingly the longer, so. and the, the acid from the tomatoes helps that out as well. Does it denature the proteins? I, it would if it was sat would have for a long enough time. But okay, yeah. Yeah. And if it does, it would just start to, yeah. That yeah. You're, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. We could get into math on that. That's, That's cool. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, but um, so, what I and I've even in times when I when I'm like I also like I enjoy uh, pre workout. You don't need it yeah. at all. But no, what I don't. love um, is what I like to call uh, lift and bitch sessions, which are <laughs> where I chug a bunch of pre workout, uh, make a date to hang out with someone at the gym, and we're doing the most bullshit of exercises. While bullshitting about the day, and it's it's yep. a mental exercise more than it is a physical exercise, um, but I don't use pre workout because it's gonna help me like deadlift more. Like it's not no <laughs> the the argument that um, that protein powder is automatically healthy bugs me as well. Like the oh god, it's at this point it's um, it's nutrient specific candy. Yeah, yeah. The mantra I use for explaining. How I eat the way I eat for for what I need and the right. philosophy that I try to teach other people is uh, um, fueling your body as if you are an adult superhero, which is an athlete, right? With the awareness to allow your childhood uh, to be on your tongue, like like it's mm -hmm. like you, uh, it's not one or the other. It's not oh I need McDonald's and Twinkies uh, and oh I need to eat chicken broccoli and rice. Like it's everything has some version of a nutrient and some way of blending it. And like I, um, yes, I learned, uh, very few people believe me because it's, it's a, <laughs> I, it's a hypo hypothesis that I am one example of, but, um, I, I've learned to substitute, um, almost on a one-to-one -one level, uh, alcohol sugar and simple grains so like in my yeah. diet if i'm planning to have beer uh i don't have candy or bread or pasta no, because no. that because uh, uh and on the flip side i'm still making sure i'm having my other nutrients like that's i'm not just yeah eliminating that's diet, the important like part the um there's enough <clears throat> even sugar alcohol from the alcohol itself has a macronutrient if not yeah. the wheat from the beer uh, and <sighs> if I if I do the beer and the pasta, 
I'm going to be sick because I will have had yeah. too much sodium and too many carbs, not because I had too much alcohol. If, no. if, I, if I have the beer and the steak, uh, I'm going mm -hmm. to feel hunky-dory tomorrow. Uh, right. And it's, yeah, using, using the nutrients that we're afraid of, <laughs> kind of like, yeah, is what I've adopted. One of the things that really, like you and I have the same perspective on, it feels like, is when someone asks, hey, is this healthy to eat? I mean, is it food? <laughs> if it's food, you're probably okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're drinking bleach, don't do that. That's not healthy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, is soda healthy? I don't In know how to answer that question. Context. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to answer that question because <laughs> you're not giving me everything else. Is it going to kill you to drink it? No. Is it going to negatively impact your health to have one cola? No. Yeah. The best choice you can make. Now, that's a different question. That's a different question entirely. Yep. And a lot of times, and the weird thing is, I think you'll agree with this, sometimes the cola is the best choice you can make. Absolutely. Because you want something that has simple sugars for a reason. Yep. And if you if you push that desire down over and over again, you are inevitably going to binge. Yes. And you're going to ruin your entire life that way. Yep. You're going to feel like crap emotionally. You're going to feel like crap physically. And you're going to have guilt. No. Do you need a soda? Cool. Have one. Keep it in mind. This is the calories I've drank. Yep. These have very little great impacts, like micronutrient wise. Yep. Here's where we're at. You're, you're but it's gonna, fine. Have you might, if you're not careful, you might crash to so make sure there's something denser yeah. later on. Like, right? The I've I've um, last my last episode, my monologue was. On, yeah, I think I called a bit of that. Yeah, was on um, stop uh, stop exercising to lose weight. Exercise to exercise. Yeah, I, because uh, and it's, it's cool. It's not because exercise can't help you lose weight. It's because no. that if you're focusing on that as your a linchpin for why you're exercising the host of benefits that you actually get from exercise go out the window and that's dumb yep. <laughs> because it, you're you're robbing yourself of feeling good <laughs> let me let me throw a phrase at you that i use internally i wonder if it's going to hit you the way it yeah, hits yeah. me journey as goal journey as goal mm -hmm. elaborate so a lot of people get caught up on, I want to lose weight. That's their goal. Yeah. And everything that they do aims towards that goal. Right. When they reach that goal, what happens? Their life is magically better and they get to stop doing everything they don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than... The journey, those steps that you take towards that end goal, those steps should be the goal. I want to lose weight. Okay, why? Well, I'm not happy with how my body looks. Okay, well, what are you going to do to change that? Well, I'd like to eat better. Okay, well, why don't we make eating better the goal? Yep. So once you start eating better, what's going to happen? Maybe your body looks better, but you're going to be eating better. Yep. That journey, that step is the goal. Yeah. Now, referentially, as we go along, you know, incremental goals. We do not do need to look at the payoff. A little, that, a little bit of payoff, a little bit of reward, a little bit of competition. Yeah. Yeah. But 
people that just have that end goal as their goal, there's re- there's a lot of great research about it. They oh, don't yeah. have long-term success. But if you have that, I want to be a person that exercises as your goal, oh, well, now we've got the journey. Yeah. The thing yeah. Yeah. is the goal, yeah. not the product. Yeah, totally. The behavior is what you want to change. Yes. So journey as goal is the way that I talk about I it. I like that. And it goes with a lot of different things. You know, when we talk about life coaching, you know, we get outside of things like weight loss. We get outside of things like your new PR. We get out of things like, well, I want to have $1,000 in the bank. Okay, well, why? Well, I want to feel financially secure. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, I don't want to have to worry about groceries. Okay, well, well what would that look like? Yeah. How would that feel? Who does that change? The, you're, what, you're, what you're doing is giving me a beautiful <laughs> example of what uh, I'm on the other end of it, but of what I feel like when people mm-hmm. ask me what they think is a simple question. And the, <laughs> that, like the redness that grows in their face when I keep answering with more questions. Just, yeah, it's... <laughs> like the, like the, the, the thing you're, you're, you can in the moment that we can articulate is like, this is what I'm thinking is rarely the motive or the purpose or the thing we're digging no. at. And there's a, there's a kernel of truth we got to get to. Um, yeah, a lot absolutely. of the time, this is, um, I call it, um, excuse ping pong. Uh, yeah, is, is when, is <laughs> I, when, I understand that immediately. That's great. That you don't know <clears throat> that you just don't want to. And a, it's okay to not want to don't, don't yeah. do it if you don't want to, but don't be right. yourself up about it. And all my goal in this game is to make you admit that you don't want to. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all I care about. So I will, I will give you a reason to just juxtapose the reason you're giving, uh, for why you think you don't want to do it for why you could do it. And we'll do this until you say, leave me alone, I don't want to. And then we'll go, okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> well, what do you want to do? Exactly. That's where the interesting questions happen. Yep. That's where a That's where time, people you, feel seen. You don't seen. know. Like yeah, the, you... the, because the thought process is, is the reason you think of the verbiage you have to speak out loud is because you were given either internal pressure from your own mind that doesn't have words yeah. or external pressure from from something that that uh has no facet on how you make change so like yeah. uh your peers a random person at work a random commercial these are influencing the way you're thinking and wanting to associate things but that doesn't mean you actually want to <laughs> i love that because one of the things that i always keep in mind is the first three answers a client gives me for why they want to do something are someone else's answers. Oh yeah. <laughs> why do you want that? Well, I would feel better if I, I lost weight. Well, why? Well, I'd look better in, okay. You don't care about that. Yeah. Why does that matter to you? Yeah. Why does that matter? Why does that matter to you? Well, so-and-so would look at me like, who cares about so-and-so? Right. But the thing is you can always step back and maybe that is important. Maybe that really is important how they're viewed by their, their peers that can be a totally great valid reason yes totally uh one of the things I, through coaching I'm, I'm sure you're gonna have a familiar story that client that says i want to lose weight so that i look good without a shirt on and i'm really embarrassed to say that because that sounds really vain cool that's a great reason yes it doesn't matter what you care about is what I care about. Yep. You want to look great with your shirt off? Let's go. Yeah. 
Well, what about my health? Do you care about your health? Well, no, I just want to look great with my shirt off. Okay. Then, okay. <laughs> let's Here's for, what we do. Now let's force feed you the supplements. No, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> no. Trend hard. Yep. Eat clean. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably cut that one. Probably yep. cut that one. It's okay. Oh. It doesn't actually, these don't air on 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 uh, on actual YouTube. So that's cool. But no one would get that one <laughs> outside no, of us. No, but no, between us. Okay, that's a fun conversation. I don't know if this will ever ever, ever air. Um, no, hit me. Think, what do you got? I think because um, I don't know if anyone else will relate to it. Uh, I think I had a small conversation with some another coach on episode two about this for like a split second because we, mm-hmm. we were talking about the difference between uh, what is play uh, and why it's important for adults. Uh, okay, that's and, a cool one. I like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we were establishing ground rules for what is or isn't play. And, um, Ooh. and the difference between like play and sport. Um, and there really isn't. Oh. There isn't. Is the okay. Uh, I was going to say, I don't know that I, I want to say that there's a difference. And there, then you there, said, there, I'm yeah, like, okay, that, cool. There isn't. But um, in that, it um, that led to um, the conversation of um for a split second there was like uh, athletes being on steroids uh yeah um and i um <clears throat> i believe that my personal my personal take for athletes is based mm-hmm. on the governing body of the sport be- not on whether or not it is a way to help your body do things that otherwise wouldn't so like okay um from I think we're in the same point. If your league says, "Hey, don't," then don't. Then don't. But if you want to talk on like a health, <clears> performance, <throat> and moral level, I have nothing against it. Nothing at all. If your Ooh. blood work's being checked, if you're if you're uh, working with doctors that have your longevity in mind, if you're um, honest about the process, I don't think yeah. there is anything wrong or disadvantage in in approaching things from a with the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical advantage, um, the thing okay. that bugs me mm-hmm. uh, is not whether or not um, athletes that are gladiator specimens <laughs> um, um, should or should not. Um, the que- uh, like on a moral level, the, uh, I feel like the question from for athletes should be why do or do not the sports governing bodies allowed or not. Uh, on the other flip side, I I'm more worried about the conversation in Hollywood. Um, really, that's interesting. Because uh, I think if it, it's kind of, it's similar in like the with with uh, the idea of of the concussion scares of football. Yeah, CTE. Like, we even as we get more data in that that is a thing, <clears throat> people are still willing to do it, knowing right. it's a thing. So, I'm sorry. Finish. Okay. Uh, anyway, my, so my um, my yeah. So I I think um, my when I say don't take steroids, it's because your league says don't, not because I don't think your body you you it might be something you can want to do. Um, Ooh, the Hollywood okay. thing I don't like because they're you can't be open about it. I don't like. That the transformation mm. idea of like the Hollywood <clears throat> star that goes from from not fat to fit, not being able yeah. to tell you <clears throat> what they are actually doing, 
That is what I so, like about it. Yeah. So um, this is really one of those great ones for me. Uh, my one of my main professors when I was getting my degree actually did some major studies on steroid use in high school athletes and mm -hmm. college athletes. Yep. Really, really great studies. Uh, not naming names, but um, my my convictions kind of come out of that, and also some of my other experiences in martial arts. I've done martial arts for twenty odd years. Mm -hmm. Uh, steroid use, especially for recovery, is really, oh, really yeah. high in that. Super high. Um, uh, do you differentiate between steroids, TRT, and or HDH? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, because that, I'm, I'm, order, I'm thinking, I'm using steroid as a blanket term for all three. Well, cholesterol is a steroid. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, I've yet to have someone that says yes immediately. Thank you. Ah. Cholesteroid. It is a steroid. Um, no, that's that's a wild one. Uh, I have a lot of beef with the way that we uh, deal with um, hormone therapy for trans individuals. Mm -hmm. Let me get that one out. The, I'm going to rant. Um, the U.S. will prescribe anabolics, but they will not prescribe androgenics. Uh, those are the testosterone boosters. There are testosterone boosters, but they're not androgenics, yeah. not anything that's DHT, things like Anivar, things like Masteron, that actually are androgenizing steroids yeah. that increase masculine characteristics. Big scare quotes around all that. Yeah. The UK has a limited protocol for that. They are starting to utilize Anivar, but not much else. It pisses me off that my trans friends can get prescribed testosterone which is an anabolic predominantly but not an androgenic mm -hmm. their body can't metabolize testosterone to an androgenic what they're wanting is an androgenic outcome mm -hmm. that is a fucking problem yeah it is because they are looking for an outcome that the medical system is not providing them and it is achievable yeah. it is 100 percent. yeah totally agree so that aside, um, <laughs> I will I will rant about that. My ex was a trans man, okay. So they're they've gone through a lot to get the drugs that they need, mm -hmm. and they're not getting the drugs they need. Yeah, and it it fucking pisses me off. Like I will I will rant about that. <laughs> you give me a chance. Well, my my uh, <clears throat> personal vendetta is not nearly as personal, but it's the manner in which trt is yeah looked at for straight white men well i'm on be, be, trt yeah, but like the way no, the way it's um it's advertised as like uh yeah just it'll make you feel better like no like, let's let's look at why you are where you are first that being said 30 <clears> percent <throat> reduction in suicide rates they yeah. don't talk about that yeah uh that being said so what i'm what i'm talking about steroids i'm including all of that like it's not i don't mean literally yeah. like anabolic steroids i mean like using a, a performance a, a, a substance that makes your body physiologically different uh that you, than from what you would otherwise do right so when it comes to sports which is really where people get their their panties in the wad yeah is it isn't that steroids aren't used 
It's that the steroids that are used aren't detected. That's really the main problem uh, within sports performance. Yeah. Uh, tested and untested leagues, I really do want to say that there needs to be a lot more clear delineation of exactly what's going on rather than the like laughing up your your sleeve, the the backroom bullshit. Yeah. No, if you're in an untested league, you better be on fucking steroids to compete. Yeah. And we need to stop bullshitting about that. Yes. That, because that's what we're doing is we're I'm setting <laughs> yeah, we're setting up adolescent individuals for unhealthy expectations of performance. Yes. And they're going to go out and they're going to do do the drugs without the supervision, without the idea, without the grants and the the guidance they need. Yes. That is the problem. It's the guidance. We don't need a 16-year-old throwing down D-ball every day. No. It's not going to be good for them. Even and that's even, and what, even if you're looking at it from a, again, I I look at it more from the looking up to Hollywood transformations. Um, that's the second one that I'm going to get yeah, into. Uh, We're going to uh, get there. Uh, even if you're looking at it from that standpoint and you're considering using stuff because you know, even though they're not talking about it, they are using stuff. Uh, it's still like on the other end of the spectrum, even past supplements, like get, yeah. every, you still need all the things in line before that can be, be even a conversation. Yeah, you I'm cannot saying, do. I wish it could be an honest conversation because we know they are and we can't properly look up to them. Right. I think more openness would help us. Uh, there are two athletes, well, two Hollywood stars, to think about it, mm-hmm. um, that have been very open and honest about their uh, steroid use. And they're, gonna, they're pretty surprising. Um, Manu Bennett mm-hmm. and Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, Tom Hardy played Bane, yep. and Manu Bennett is uh, a Maori individual who played Deathstroke in uh, The Green Arrow, and he's yep. done a couple of other things as well. Crixus in Spartacus. Yep. Uh, he started doing steroids because he thought he was going to be starring opposite Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. And he did a bunch of steroids to get there. He was doing bricklaying and masonry, and he was putting his money into getting into a beefcake and it worked he was a slab of meat it was great and the part fell through and that did not go well no because he was banking on the money from that to come down off of it and you need a post cycle therapy protocol yeah he was banking on that being paid by his actors stipend and it wasn't and it He's been very honest about what he did. He does not pull any punches. And with the part he had with Deathstroke as green, uh, as his part in Green Arrow, mm-hmm. he's never shied away from it. He's like, yeah. yeah, I did steroids. That's how I'm this huge. Yep. Tom Hardy with Bane was asked, did you do steroids for this part? And he's like, well, I wasn't doing Smarties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the difference is, UK and New Zealand have different laws than the United States does. Yeah. Utilizing steroids is legal. Yeah. Selling them is illegal. So there's a different culture there. And I think their culture is a lot healthier. It could be improved. <clears throat> but I think it's a lot healthier. The idea that we keep gatekeeping this behind dancing around the subject of like, oh, no, I didn't. Yes, I did. No, I yeah. didn't. That's the harmful thing. I. That's basically what I've been saying. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, 
we don't want kids to do this shit without the access to the resources that are going to make it feasible. I won't right. say help. Yeah. Because <clears throat> that's 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 a loaded word. I won't say that doing steroids is healthy. But it's an option. Yeah. And you can do it safely. Yeah. You just have to have a lot in line that we don't. Yeah. And the fact that our culture is based on these masculine ideals that are based off of being a steroid doing dude. Yep. But we don't have the honest conversation about this is this is what it means to do steroids. This is what you will look like. Yeah. If you want to be built like this, you have to do drugs that are going to have significant consequences to your health. Yep. But also, before you get to that point, there's a lot of other sacrifices you're making that you probably don't oh, want to make. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you want to take your body to that limit beforehand. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's also part of the entire cultural conversation. We think that steroids are a shortcut. Oh, no. You're, They're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it, the that's what the, that's what the, when the, Athletes angry for being asked. They talk about how no, I work hard. I don't. I don't. I don't take shortcuts. No, 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 no. no. Everyone works hard. Yeah, we're not questioning that you don't work <clears throat> hard. That's not. <laughs> What's the next step? Yeah. Uh, the conversation sure. that uh, one of the conversations, along with what's a healthy diet, uh, 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 which we were kind of touching on before. Yeah. Um, the other one is um, how do I tone, or when someone I want to is... throw this computer if you if you ask me how do I tone one more time, <laughs> uh, you know that question is a trigger. Yes, there's a trigger. Yeah. Uh, I just want to tone, tone up. Also, um, when I see someone who um, on a BMI functional body metric level is yeah. not obese, but right. has what they believe to be unflattering levels of fat showing. Sure. Um, I'm trying to be as politically correct as I can. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, BMI is kind of a shit show when it comes I, uh, to individuals. I totally agree. But 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 um, when basically when <laughs> people still use it is um, of a from a existing healthy happily level healthy, but what they see <clears> in the mirror is an extra extra level of uh, fat molecules. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The general conversation is, I need to lose weight. How do I do that? And the conversation we need to be having is, you don't have muscle. How do we put that on? Yes. Because the the idea that we, like there's, I don't know who said it first, but there was like the, you already have a six pack. You just have to lose the weight. Is yeah, technically it's under true there. if you want to die. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you still need the muscles to exist in a mm -hmm. knowing how to contract state of being. Uh, and the tissue itself is <sighs> thick enough to show. And there was, I technically knew this, but it's always nice to have it thrown back in your face. I was listening to another health and wellness podcast. Mm -hmm. We were talking about how, like, body, we forget the body fat percentage is the, uh, uh, the percent of fat of all your tissue of your body that it's made of. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't lose fat, <clears throat> but you gain muscle, your body fat percentage goes down. Goes down. And it and does. Yeah, and that idea is the, what you're trying to get people to buy into, but it sounds backwards because they're they want to look thin or toned, and they don't want to be bulky. And I hate that uh, conversation because that's we're not talking about being bulky. 
We're talking. No. We're talking about what like. Uh, we're talking. We're not, and we're not talking weight loss or weight gain. We're talking changing the makeup of your genetics. Basically. Body comp. <laughs> uh, and it's a yeah. It's a different set of math than weight loss or weight gain. It absolutely is. When I get, in my experience, when I run into individuals that have that mindset, I ask them to describe what they look like ideally. Yeah. Don't tell me about the numbers on the scale. Yeah. Tell me about what that looks like in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Or even better, tell me about how that feels. Yep. Like if you if you had that body, what would be different in your life? Mm-hmm. These are those those really deep funnel yep. conversations yep. you have where okay, well why does that matter? Well, why does that matter? Yeah. Well, what does that feel like? Well, who's that in fact? Yes. Well, if you had that body, what could you do with that? Yeah. Those are the things that people actually care about, but they never get down to thinking about it. Yeah. I that's, love that, those conversations. About, and I hate them. That's what they care about. Uh, that's what future them cares about once they've reached a, a thing that they can yeah. notice it. They don't, they, it's, but they can't visualize it. Like, no, it's not, they can't. It's, um, um, <clears throat> Hell, half of our job is asking the questions that they don't want to ask themselves. Or don't know how to, or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, um, I don't remember if I did this as one of my monologues. I uh, I hope I did. Uh, was on um, feeling good being um, lack of resistance in your life. So like you, so you don't notice when you feel good because there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so you can't you can't envision. It's the same. Uh, oh, that's a tangent to get to. Um, the idea of like building um, mind muscle connection is something yeah. that you can't explain into <clears throat> understanding because it's a sensation that when it clicks, you go, Oh, I'm never going to not feel that again. Uh, but, but you had to right. find the right sentence words of movements to get it to click for that one individual. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a speaking different lang- languages game. Yeah. So back on possibly before we even started the recording i talked about autonomy yeah our ownership of our bodies and our ownerships of ourselves is really one of those things we're always seeking but we don't really necessarily have the social framework to put those statements out there yep what and actually i would even argue uh, um we tell her we teach people or say for people to pursue it and then as a society yell at them when they do yeah so Again, journey as goal. Yeah. What do you want to be able to do? Well, I want to be able to run five miles. Well, why? Why five miles? Why run? Yeah. What does that mean to you? Well, well, I want to not be winded when I when I run. Okay. Well, where would that translate to? <laughs> Will I be able to chase my grandkids around the the backyard? Oh yeah. That is what you care about. Yes. Hundred. Not about running five miles. No. I. I now we can get there by that. Yes. I even, um, but, <clears throat> I like to uh, frame it or structure it. Um, I think yeah. I even have it somewhere on the website. Um, the, I like to take the things you already enjoy doing and build mm-hmm. the, the, that being able to do them more or more often recover better from yeah. them as what <clears throat> exercise helps with. Like if um, there, there is a point at which like, in order to like 
adjust the relationship that we have with exercise, like giving you a positive reinforcement, like uh, yeah. even if it's it, even for sedative, sedentary activities, like uh, role playing games, like right. if you're if you're if you're the day after, you know, you're going to be sodium hungover and <laughs> underslept and your lower back's going to hurt. Nothing but there. You can build. Did you read my recent blog? Uh, we speak the same language and have the same. Yeah, we do. So, uh, so like, if you know that that's going to be happening, uh, and you're not going to not have that happen, you're you're just all it takes is building the program around uh, that feeling less, or like in like, we can say like, hey, do some lunges at halftime, but you might feel stupid and not. But like, maybe if you did lunges in a workout before going, that could bring all the world that are different. Like, um. Yeah, that's that's how I always try to frame it. Is is um, let's let's find what you're already enjoying, and how do we get you to enjoy it more or uh, recover better from it? Yeah, or remove the barriers for you doing that. Yeah, hundred percent. So my last December blog was about stretching before you play. Yes, I left a comment on it. <laughs> yeah, right. So the idea isn't just physically stretching yeah. with TTRPGs, especially. There is so much more involved and. You know, trying to be more accessible, trying to be more disability conscious. A lot of the people that are doing these these games have disabilities. Yes. You know, whether they are emotional and psychological like mine with being autistic, or whether they're physiological where people are confined to a wheelchair, or where it's someone that is deaf or mute. You know, the, the game that I'm about to run on January 10th, um, I've worked really, really hard to make it access- accessible. I've closed captioning for every single player that is on my stream. That's not easy. Yeah. But it means the people that are hard of hearing that tune into my show, they'll be able to experience it and they won't have to figure out who's speaking. Similarly, when we start to do these recreational activities, you know, understanding what we need to stretch, it isn't just our bodies. Yeah, we're going to be sitting for like three hours. Cool. And make sure your hips are loose. Make sure you, you get blood flow into your butt. Yes, um, make it sure <laughs> it does. Make sure that you aren't sodium hungover. Make sure you've got a variety of snacks. But also think about like, well, I'm going to be speaking for three hours straight. What does that look like? Do I have tea? Have I warmed up my vocal cords? Emotionally, I'm going to be experiencing some really passionate things here. Have I, have I braced myself for that? Do I know how to step away from those emotions? Yep. You know, all of these things contribute towards the prep work that we need to experience the life that we've chosen to be passionate about. Mm-hmm. That's what I really like about what we said. Take what you are already doing and you already love, figure out how to do more of that. Yeah. Figure out how to remove the barriers to do that. That's yep. such a good way and to look all, at it. All I, I do is give you the, the framework for building physical yeah. tools. That's it. <laughs> Half of it is just asking what you like and then kicking back your same answers to you. And maybe giving you a website to look at or guiding yep. you through some motions. 90%, I would say, of health coaching, in my experience, has been empowerment. Um, yeah, for me, it's been um, uh, positive reinforcement. Yeah. It's, it's, um, there's a, this is going to sound horrible. Um, I'm going to record it. I think it's technically something that Caesar Milan, the dog trainer, talks about. Oh, we're in a, we're in a bad, bad territory, but okay, keep going. Uh, in, in that, uh, you don't punish bad behavior, <laughs> you reward, you reward good, behavior. good behavior. 
Um, One of the few things he said that I agree with. <laughs> um, my ex was a dog trainer, so I'm. Oh, ah, that's fine. That's fine. Mm. I just, um, but I, <laughs> yeah, my my entire coaching philosophy comes when I from when I coached little league baseball. Really, um, that's neat. Yeah, uh, I was. I think I've told this story before, but I um, I worked at a mom and pop sporting goods store that sold like the kids' uniforms and bats and stuff, and I yeah would sell them the gloves and bats by fixing their swing or like teaching them how to. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know how to not not to help. Uh, and and at yeah, one yeah. point, the parents were like, "Look, uh, his dad's gonna be coaching, but he also um, ah, does know." That's feeling. Uh, so there was a there was a lot of me like coming in and like <clears> helping, <throat> uh, just coaching from that standpoint. And and I for one season I was actually uh, an assistant coach on a team. Uh, and another season I was uh, I was a coach at like a youth camp. Um, Ooh. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's in ways better and in ways worse. Uh, well, that, the camp paid me, so that was better. Uh, <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, but the um, the philosophy in which I use to keep the kids engaged and able to learn and uh, retain the information that I would speak to them after they left mm-hmm. the batting cage um, is the same philosophy I use with adults, which is why I look at like how do I interact with my dogs to make sure they're better behaved? Cause it's like on a not insulting level, like right. the same thing. Like we we're kid, even though kids speak English, they don't speak our English. Even like the, there's a, an entertainment level. There is a fun factor. There is a, yeah. a um, and that the fact that that's supposed to go away as we get, we get it uh, to become adults is another ah. rant that I'm now getting on before ah. I finish my previous thought. Um, uh, but that was about the whole, when I realized like in order to get paid to, to coach baseball at any reasonable level, um, I didn't have the pedigree to make it work uh, was when I switched to general population. Yay, doggy. Um, <laughs> but the philosophy has always been the same. Like, and that's where, that's where the positive reinforcement comes from. It's like, yeah. I, if you're doing something wrong, like it's, we're not going to do it anymore. But you're, you already know. Like you don't need me to tell you that you did it wrong. No, you feel that being right? wrong. We're going to have a party. Like let's let's do that again. And yeah. that's that is that's how I use Twitter. That's uh, it's, right. It's I'm I try to kind of what's the word? I try to provide wind beneath wings that are new. Yeah, I had a, a recent post where a couple of transphobes jumped on and like tried to tried to fucking troll me mm. and. I blocked and just hit it. I didn't even engage. Yeah. Someone mentioned like, you know, I, I reported this person like, that's cool. Let's focus on the cool conversations that are happening. Yeah, exactly. But these people are shit bags. Yep. I'm not going to reward them. I don't even care. <laughs> like you, the negative behaviors have to just be jettisoned. Yeah. The positive behaviors, the moment one of these people, and I've had some, I've had some interactions on Twitter where people, flip-flopped between being all right and not all right mm-hmm. when they're not okay i just don't interact with them mm-hmm. and when they are okay when they're positive and they're uplifting the community i am bolstering the hell out of them absolutely and i'm in a position not to boast but i'm in a position within the TTRPG community where people care about what i feel yeah care about how i perceive them and i'm going to use that i'm going to leverage that i'm going to make sure that people keep wanting to be people that I admire and that's it's coaching. It really is. It is. You know, 
when you when you are the health coach, when you are the personal trainer, they're going to look to you for approval. Yep. You have to transfer that to their internal motivations, but for the moment, you can use that, and you should. Yeah. Because it's the positive changes that you want to see. Totally. <sighs> so what, what is it? What was it about the um, for you? Uh, segue. Sure. That um, made you want to dive into the TTRPG community. Ooh, what made me want to dive in the, into in the manner that you did? Like I, so I'll give you my story mm-hmm. and then see if my question makes more sense. So, um, uh, the for those that don't know on the internet, um, I'm relaunching <laughs> a mission quest, uh, which was a class we used to offer at the gym, the brick and mortar gym. I actually, I'm really excited. Out. We met really excited that, about that. that existed. So you have no idea. But um, at one point, I did in fact own a gym. It's not a pretend. <laughs> um, wow, I didn't know you owned a gym. That's a hell of a I owned work. a studio. Uh, of, that is more work. Yeah, it was it was 900 square feet. Uh, it was me and my wife. We're also working a day job at, at a grocery store. And it was <clears throat> personal training plus group classes. And the group classes. Whoa, yep, really? But with group classes of like two, three to four people at a time. So it's semi-personal. Okay, manageable, yeah. manageable. Uh, and um, we always initially, uh, we always viewed the idea of having the studio as a safe place for people who don't feel safe in gyms. Like that was always what we were going for. And, so many people. And we, uh, it, like the year before we were able to financially move into mm-hmm. having the studio, um, <clears throat> was when we personally found D&D. We were still nerds. Oh. We were still... Right. I mean, uh, you're always a nerd. F- a fandom uh, crazy. But specifically, like, when we played once, and both of us were like, how is this the thing we've not done yet? If that makes sense. Um, yeah, I can get that. It, yeah, it, com- it combined uh, my enjoy- joy of improv and storytelling and uh, camaraderie. Like, that was... why. How would I not do that? Um, right. But uh, so once we found that and realized there was a common thread between the people that happened to be hanging out with us and working with us and the things that we enjoyed, uh, we started going to like comic cons instead of fitness conventions and giving panels. And like, and we realized that like what we were doing was interacting with what we considered to be our tribe, not specifically TTRPG, but like people that get excited about being excited. This is the best way I can put it. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and and um, when we found that, we wanted it, we wanted to f- have a way to correlate that excitement that they can feel with positive okay. habits. And the we created Mission Quest as the way <clears throat> to do that. And it was an in gym class that was uh, exercise in, in place of dice rolls. Uh, and it was way more complicated than I have it now. Um, um, and I forgot why I was telling this story. Oh no! I was, I was giving you backstory to sum you up before I got um, to the real thing I wanted to say. Yep. Do you remember what that was? You were pushing towards owning a studio, investing in community. Before that, oh, I was giving you my story so you could tell me your version of the question. Okay. Um, hey, so basically, all um, that was a long way of saying. Um, uh, well, while I was always 
working as a trainer and had the goal of like working for myself. Um, right. What that manifested as grew because I learned what my tribe was, what my what I felt, where I felt I easily belonged. Like the the feeling of like walking into like a coffee shop and everyone's wearing like the same type of nerdy shirt and you're like I know right. people. Um, that feeling. Right. Um, uh, so what was it? For for us, it was going to a con. Um, mm-hmm. Was the thing that that made us go, oh, this is this is how we help. Uh, what was what was it about the TTRBG community that you were like this way? This is where I'm headed. Ooh, so I grew up in the TTRBG community. Ah, My okay. babysitters were a bunch of nerds playing D and D. They didn't let me play D and D. I played uh, Zelda on the NES. Awesome. Instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from four to eight, I sat on the sidelines of D&D table. This is really, really early on in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, pretty, pretty early on. We're talking, Third I was born 83. I was born 83. This is 87. Yeah. I grew up on Redbox. Yeah. AD&D. So... What really brought me back around, though, like in this modern phase of my life is, man, you know, there's a lot of us that don't have healthy relationships with our bodies. Mm. They don't have healthy relationships with our emotions. And yep. a lot of us are processing this through D&D. Okay. You know, we are externalizing, we're creating these ideals and these stand-ins for processing our relationships, for processing our personal interactions with ourselves. So I guess we got to take it back to me, which is weird. <laughs> you know, I'm five foot 10. Yeah. Pretty much average height for a guy in the United States. Mm-hmm. And when I got into physical fitness, I was 120 pounds. I feel, I feel what you're saying. I got tired of being skinny nerd. Yeah. I had been doing martial arts for, at that point, about 10 years, Mm -hmm. I guess. And being lean and Bruce Lee small is cool um, if you're like 5'6". But if you're 5'10", 120 pounds does not hang on you very well. No. It is is not a good look. And you can be 30 pounds overweight and be okay. But at that point, I was closing in on 30 pounds underweight. Ah. And that's like I was I was having health problems because yeah. my weight was so low. There are contributing factors, abusive relationship, etc. Doesn't matter. But I got into physical fitness because I wanted to stop not having control of my body. I wanted to learn how to be the person I wanted to be. Okay. And personal training was expensive. And I, I did a cost-benefit analysis, and I found out it was it was less expensive to get my personal trainer certificate than to pay for a year of personal training. We are cutting that out. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean I was I was in retail management. I was making good money. It was all right. I did what I needed to do, and I became my own personal trainer. I I I have a very strong philosophy that I am my first client. Yeah. 
I have to be. And I schedule it just the same as any other client. I treat myself as any other client. If I miss if I miss one of my scheduled appointments, I call myself out on it. Yep. I don't quite email myself, but it is one of those things like, hey, you need to be here because yeah. you are paying for this. Yes. But when it comes to the TTRPG community, you know, I know a lot of these people are interested in martial arts. They're interested in swordplay. They're interested in being command of eldritch powers that, yep. that shape the sky. You don't get there without personal mastery. Yeah. And we don't teach that. We don't have ways to interact with that. We don't have great ways to communicate. Well, here's who you are. Here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. How do we get from A to B? Yeah. So as a personal trainer, or more broadly, as a public health educator, with an interest in health coaching, Yes. I want to make a change in the society. I want to make a change in the community. And that happens with individuals. You have to target people that are leaders. Mm. And leaders arise because they are self-actuated. You know, when we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization means you've got everything else on lock. Those people are the ones that make changes in society. They're the ones that make changes in communication. They're the ones that make changes in modeling behaviors. I want to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And I am. And I want to also empower other people to extend that influence or to rise to a point where they are that influence. And we can look at someone who is uh, femme presenting and they have these certain characteristics that we, we want to like fit a model to, but they want to be somewhere else. They want to be influencing other things. And empowering that change, giving that individual the ability to define themselves, and not just define themselves, but define an entire generation of people that look up to them. I have that power to to give that to people. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to use this power, Spider-Man style. Yep. You know, you, you have to be an everyday superhero, like you say. That's is, my whole brand. Abs- yeah, it is absolutely important that we take every scrap of power that we have, every scrap of responsibility, and we use it to make the world better. Yeah. Well, I'll back, I'll walk that back a little bit. I don't think we have to, because there's nothing wrong with coming up short on that. Yes. You do not have that in you, and you can only empower yourself to be a better person day by day. Damn, do that. If you have the energy to put it into other people, that's awesome. And there's there's so many ways to manifest that. Like yeah, we, we happen to be uh, two of like a billion p uh, random pods and a, bil- a billion thing. Like there's the chances, like how how we didn't know the other one existed while we were both in Nashville. Right, uses me so hard. Oh, dude, wait, so let hard. me let me mess you up even more. Okay, so one of the biggest names that's coming out of ttrpg stuff is neo soul god do you yeah. know neo soul god you do no All right neo soul god is um they've got this magical academy like thing going on pre-strict haven just have an entire vibe they're really really prolific 
I want to say they're like in the 80s to 70s on the like top D&D streams. Okay. He's an Anderson Bell. What? I'm going to have drinks with that dude. <laughs> there are so many people coming out of Nashville that are influential. Mm. It is so wild. And it, it chafes me so much that you and I couldn't catch drinks. But I'm... We no, are going to make different. I still have to. Um, um, I still have to make it to Dragon Con. I'll, uh, so MTAC. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we twenty twenty two. I'm putting it down a, right that here. That was the strategy. We uh, we had gone to two or three cons. Mm-hmm. Um, before COVID. Um, yeah, and as you do. Then, but we had. Uh, each time we did it, it was like, oh, this is a good idea. Let's try this. And we we're like, oh, we got, we got to, this is a thing. This is how we find our people. And then, yeah. and then uh, I think in between October and December, we had mapped out Ooh. doing one, one con a quarter the following year in a way to financially be like, hey, taxes, pay for this. Um, right. And, <laughs> uh, and then, and then COVID hit and that died. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm looking to do a lot of con presentations and just move this up the next level. Yeah, that's but outside of that, we were doing, we were we were giving uh, we would we were giving we had uh, several different panels that we would give talks at, and then yeah. um, we would do a live game of Mission Quest there. Sweet, yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty deeply involved in like the alternative lifestyle community in Nashville. Okay. I've done classes, volunteer work, etc., and that leads into like the MTAC stuff. And I really want to make a difference. I want to make a difference virtually, as I'm doing in Twitter. I want to make a difference in the way that games are presented, which I'm doing through Itch and Kofi. But I also want to make a difference in person. But I want to make that difference with a consideration to. You know, the ethics and the morals of being at a convention. Because this is a really, really weird time. Yes. You can't just do this shit without consideration of what's going on. And a lot of people are. But there's also a lot of people that are not, that are taking those considerations, that are being really, really good about it. Uh, I really do want to shout out Noir. Uh, Noir Enigma has been to a couple of cons, has taken every precaution due to Gem. Uh, Adelaide, oh Adelaide, uh, has caught some flack recently, but they have actually walked the walk. It is possible to do these conventions in an ethical way. Mm. It's hard. I want to be one of those people. Yeah. And in a way, you know, I've got an advantage that, or privilege. Let's be honest, it's a privilege. Yeah. That I don't have a fear of respiratory disorders that I'm not autoimmune compromised. Yes. That doesn't mean that I can skip on wearing a mask. It doesn't mean that I can skip nope. on boosters or nope. Man, this, so this, this goes back to the, you said it first, yeah. uh, being an everyday superhero, you which is it. my brand. Thank you for naming yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, that's, it's such a good thing. I it, think the street level superheroes are the ones to watch. Yeah. Um, Murdoch. Uh, one. The biggest thought process that yeah. that uh, on when I'm not coaching, which is how <laughs> I like when I in terms of like how I uh, because the whole idea comes from wanting to be a Batman when I grow up, but not wanting to go to jail for punching people in the face. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, or losing your parents. Yeah, exactly. Um, on a day-to-day -day level, it's a it's a it's an equation that's running through my head constantly, and it's very it's a very simple uh, equation, uh, and and it is basically um, <laughs> uh, I I help those that can't help themselves. I get that. Like but on, I think a, I'd... on like a like that. It's not the only thing that I do, but like to me, that's the essence of like. If there was an academy for being a superhero, <laughs> that would be like written on the chalkboard on like one, uh, day one of class 101. It was like you defend the defenseless. You stand up for those who can't stand for themselves. Yeah. Uh, so so when when we talk, when, when the thought process of like uh, <laughs> how, how, how I approach wanting or not wanting to wear a mask or be vaccinated it's always oh, it's always not about me is what i'm saying no it's yeah. uh it's i don't i don't look at following protocols to make things safe because i'm afraid i will get sick i might no but i do it because <clears throat> i'm i know there are people who can't i know there are people who grandmother it's gonna die if i don't wear my mask yeah like it's not like that. It's never about me. It's about what I can no. do to make sure people that can't do what I can do. Right. Like it's yeah. I think the biggest thing for me with the everyday superheroes thing mm -hmm. really goes back to scouts. I mentioned it before. You know, my dad was my scout master. Right. I was in scouts as a kid. One of the things they always teach you is, you know, whatever campsite, whatever park you're at. You leave it better than you found it. Yes, 100%. It isn't no trace left behind. Yeah. That's not enough. Nope. And this is really where I got into like anti-racism, which is a neat concept. It's not enough to not be racist. It's a, You have to take the steps yeah. to remove racism. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to things like everyday superhero, like mindset, you, you have to take the step that no one else is wanting to. Yep. Even if it's super minor, you have to leave the world better than you found it in the moment. Yep. You get out of your car, someone hasn't returned a car, just return it. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And you've made the world a better place. Yep. It's small moments. Small moments like that. <clears throat> what Deadpool? Two or three moments. <laughs> Yay. Right? Yeah, it really is though. That you only get a couple of chances. Yep. And in my case, content warning, self-harm, suicide. Um, yeah, I'm autistic, and I'm an autistic white guy. There's about 50-50 chance that I'm going to off myself in the next seven years. We generally don't okay, make based it Based on the stats? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 45%, uh, 45 years is where we hit generally about 50% mortality rate, mm. and cause of death is suicide. It's been hard. I've had struggles with it in the past, mm. and... Damn. I think every we single... talked a little bit off air about yeah. that. Yeah. But one of the things I really take from that is you know, we always talk about like, what would you do if it was the last day down earth for you? Or what would you do if you knew you had a terminal disease? Well, I kind of do, you know, there's a, there's a 50% chance that I check out in the next seven years. Mm -hmm. What do I want to make out of those seven years? I don't have anything guaranteed beyond that. I want to make every single one of them count. And that's a great way for me to like navigate the rest of my life. It's not a great way for other people to, but 
I think some of it can be communicated. You know, you only have so many days. Yeah. You don't know what's going to come. Man, make them count, you know? Yeah. Why, why do we spend, as a society, so much time building ourselves up and tearing down other people when we could build up the community and that community is part of who we are and we would rise with it? It's just yep. so wild that we don't do that. I think it's and more, I, just, I don't think it's wild that we don't do it. I think it's wild that we're not institutionally taught to do it. Like yeah, just because I it's guess a, that's a good, it's a good way to look at it. By yeah. the time we're adults, it feels counterintuitive. Right, yeah, because we've been, we've been inculcated, we've been socialized to think that if we aren't making it head. Yeah, then someone else so, is or. Yeah, yeah. someone else is. Your you your success comes across someone else. It doesn't. No. It absolutely no. doesn't. No. You can boost the whole community and still rise for yourself. 100%. And that's so wild. I, we don't I, talk, I, teach that's, that. I take a whole lot of pride in mm-hmm. being knowing that <clears throat> my it's gonna sound egotistical. I'm gonna say my coaching or or uh, watching an interaction with someone yeah. um, lead to their, their rise. Like, right. I'm not I'm not in <clears throat> the photo op or the end of the race, but I no. love I love knowing that this this was like I helped this. This was part of that process. Right. And I think this really ties down to something we were talking about very early on in this conversation is you know, as coaches health and wellness coaches, life coaches, whatever you want to frame us as. Everyday superheroes. Everyday superheroes. Everyday superhero mentors. Yeah, that's um, the thing. I'm, the, I'm teaching the other superheroes. Right. Yeah. I'm much more concerned about Robin than I am Batman. <laughs> I mean, legitimately. You know, well, you got the uh, tragic... my favorite character <clears throat> of all time is uh, Tim Drake. Mine is probably Iron Man. Oh, nice conflicted has his issues identifies them works past them falters continues Mm -hmm. continual innovation against a deleterious downfall it's a it's a vibe for me yeah um but i think one of the really big things is just giving it on to the next person i can lift myself up it's easy if we want to do that we can do that. But the cool thing is, is getting to a position where we can start leveraging. You know, as Aristotle said, give yeah. me a long enough lever and a solid enough position, and I can move the world. I want to be that person. Yep. That was, and I want to give you go. I want to give other people a hand on that lever. I agree. I um so part of my other part of the backstory of wanting to be Batman is that I, I yeah. also was big into martial arts. You hate the theater? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, the opera. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I was also into martial arts. Um, uh, it went so it went it went um, coaching baseball, um, then martial arts, and then well, martial not arts. coaching martial arts, but doing martial arts and being like, uh, I'm not. I don't have the pedigree to get paid to coach baseball, and then being like, it's going to be another 40 years before I can realistically get paid. At a level uh, to do martial arts. Were you, the way that were you I doing martial arts? The way I, yeah. 
so I switched to Gen Pop, but there was something in my, in where I was training, where in their curriculum, um, mm-hmm. it, they had like levels, it wasn't a belt system, but it was like the learning the philosophies and curriculum through however, however, however many years, whatever you're training. What did you take? What? What were you in for? Um, like, what, what, trained, what martial art? I'm going to shout them out at MKG Seattle, um, which was a, <clears throat> a Thai and Filipino martial arts gym. In their curriculum, part of it was um, not just about getting really good at punching people in the face, but about <laughs> like what it means when you get to certain levels of competency. And that at the Ooh. end of the curriculum, there's a part that's where you're supposed to turn around and start teaching it to other people. Like that's yep. in the curriculum. 100%. And that, that to, cannot progress. Yeah. That has always stuck in my head. That has always been, um, you're, you're kind of trying to create an explosion of people doing that. Yep. I think, I <laughs> think this has been like, if I could have guessed what it was going to be like to, to talk to you in the digital real world, this is exactly <laughs> what I would have expected it to be like. And I'm glad I was right. Thank you. <laughs> Authenticity is one of those things I do push for. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, what do you want the five people <clears throat> listening to this to know where they can uh, <laughs> where they can find you and or interact with um, you and or your stuff? So I am able to be found virtually everywhere as Souls Rolls. That's R-O-L-E-S. You can find me uh, pretty much everywhere as that moniker. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. I have a website that I do uh, some pretty interesting. I think my blogs are pretty interesting, but I may have a vested interest there. And a bias. Uh, yeah, a little bit of bias. Uh, but you can find that if you type in Souls Rolls, you're almost guaranteed to find me no matter what it is that you click. I've, I've been very dedicated about that. If you do listen to this, uh, please let me know where you found me from because I do want to give the shout out to some everyday superheroes. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yay. I would also be interested in knowing that information because I don't know where they come from. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's there are ways to track people, but... No, not... The, I don't think I have enough reach for the metrics to penetrate my tracking data. <laughs> well, I mean, the organic is really way much more fun. Anyways. What? If you The organic way is much more fun. That's if fair. people That's give fair. those personal testimonials, yeah. I want you to leave a message. I want you to leave a comment, a question. I, give I me something here. I would love that. I have, I have not had that at all. We'll get there. 